The following is a fourth hand production. You cats and kittens didn't think we were done with Skinwalker Ranch, did you? The meat sacks tee it up for one more go around this week, and we talk the science of the paranormal that plagues the Skinwalker Ranch. But first, a refresher on last week, then off we go with more Hysteria 51. Specifically, that ranch over there, be careful of. Yeah. Cattle wrangler, wranglers, cattle wrestlers, we're regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. Damn good, too. I don't even, I mean, 100 episodes in and you're still making jokes That's like that. That's low-hanging fruit, baby! There was one puppet master orchestrating the whole thing. Well, that reason's lost to history. Beep, beep, beep. We gotta back that truck up, because I'm getting off. A too large thrice over wolf started coming to their land, and they had cattle... Pork chop sandwiches! Mutilated, with their reproductive organs sucked out, multitude of UFOs... Voices in the sky and shadow people and poltergeist and blah, blah, blah. And a partridge in a pear tree. You just sent your three favorite dogs. You hear them yelp and you go back inside. Skinwalker Ranch. I see dead people. Definitely, definitely the dead. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. Can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's alive. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that's never been a Skinwalker Ranch. But if we were, we're pretty sure we would not have stayed the night. This is Hysteria 51. And this morning he woke up dead. How the hell do you wake up dead? Because you're alive when you go to sleep. Wait, just tell me you can So you telling me. me that you can go to bed dead and wake up alive? You can't go to bed dead. Man, that shit would be redundant. Just tell me. No, it wouldn't. Because you can go to bed and not be dead, and you can die but not be in the bed. But you are in the bed, man. That's how you wake up dead in the first place, fool. Damn! That's some quantum shit right there, man. What are you talking about? You should be teaching classes. You stay dropping out. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we are your hosts on this paranormal parade into the unknown, Brent Hand and John Goforth. What if the aliens could take over human bodies? They look just like us? Or almost. And I never thought of that, sir. We should be on alert for anything suspicious. They could be anywhere. Even right here. Oh my God. We'd never see the attack coming. It's frightening, sir. Don't panic. We'll just move slowly toward the exit. Leslie Nielsen. God rest his soul. One of the funniest guys in, in movies and television. Uh, Absolutely. I agree, but not to be outdone by his co-star in that scene. The one guy you want by your side when the shit goes down, Ja Rule. <laughs> I think when bad shit happens to me, I'll be in the crib like, oh my God, this is terrible. Because somebody, please, find y'all rule, get hold of this motherfucker so I can make sense of all this. Where is y'all? Add me, y'all rule. <laughs> Truth. Truth, though. Why not just avoid it altogether and not go? That, that, that's, that's talking crazy that's, there. That's a possibility. Ghost told them to get out the house. White people stayed in there. Now, that's a hint and a half for your ass. A ghost say, get the fuck out. I would just tip the fuck out the door. They walked and looked in the toilet bowl with blood in the toilet. They said, that's peculiar. <laughs> I would 
up in the house and say, oh, baby, this is beautiful. We got a chandelier hanging up here, kids outside playing. It's a beautiful neighborhood. We ain't got nothing to wear. I really love them. This is really nice. Too bad we can't stay, baby. <laughs> An oldie, but a goodie. The clip's been good to us. Bring yeah, back memories. yeah, yeah. It has been good to us. Unlike you, you're just old. That's just, no, no. That other voice you're hearing is our version of Rosie from the Jetsons. <laughs> you betcha, Mr. J. Just less cleaning and more murderous intent. The one and only conspiracy bot. Rosie was a tramp. She gave it to whoever asked. <laughs> Nice, buddy. See, I was a robot. I created my lab to make our lives easier and help with the show. Instead, he just tosses out insults and kills neighborhood cats repeatedly. Everyone needs a hobby. So, you assholes are talking about Skinwalker Ranch again? There can't be anything left to that story. How wrong you are, my friend. See, you would know these things if you actually did the research. Matt. <laughs> research. It's something that uh, we did a lot of, and my head was spinning after the end of this one because... You pointed this out, and you made this comment to me, and it was very interesting, is this is the only one that we've looked at that has had so much more information and details as time goes by. Right. Every story, as a year passes, the details get... It's like the telephone game, almost. You know, and where does it stop, and where's the, well, the it, real part, <clears throat> and where's the, you know, everything of it? Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's the opposite of the telephone game in that... Most of the time with the telephone game or just stories in general, as they are passed down, handed down throughout the years between people, whatever, they lose detail. This uh, one, they change. This one, yeah, changes is in. Yeah, th- like, this one yeah. gains detail. Mm-hmm. You know, somehow from from five years ago to today, we now know the name of the dog that attacks somebody. We now know that, you know, John, the orbs are called use, blue meanies. They use hypnotic regression to go back and remember these things. Obviously, you didn't pay attention in our Barney and Betty Hill episodes. Oh, boy. Because we talked about this ad nauseum, and you know that that is, you know, two things we learned in that one. Hypnotic regression, and don't let the aliens touch a pee-pee because it gives you some sort of weird alien STD. (laughs) I mean, both those check out. I feel like that was less the episode and maybe more just something that happened between you and Lisa. I don't really... It was an alien, baby. I always (laughs) tell Lisa, like, I'll be the one fucking guy in the world that like i go to the doctor and like you've somehow gotten like i don't like herpes from a toilet seat or something stupid i'll have to go home and be like i cheated on you <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. she's like what with who i don't know whoever makes it the worst i don't know because i am not gonna have to try to explain to this. explain that yeah. i got it from the toilet nope I, i'm I'm cheating. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, let's just I'll, make this easier. That is, I kicked a gypsy at some point in my life because I got bad luck. And I know that. <laughs> it's going to be one of those things. We keep talking about you need a good... Um, I need a good smudging. A good smudging. We haven't yeah. done it yet. I know. Uh, I know. So, uh, align your chakras. So, Brent, last episode... Would we'd... you smudge me? I'd smudge me. I'd smudge me hard. Okay. there's an, uh, <laughs> You did it last time. Do it again. All right. Last episode, we gave you, we gave you the story. We gave you the 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 things, little details, all of the little creatures and whatnot that were were and a part of the folklore of this ranch. Yeah, but that's not the end of the story. Now let's let's delve into into the science of the story, meaning the way in which it was researched. Because we 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 lightly touched on Robert Bigelow. We're about to get into him a lot more. He's an now. This extent- is the second time we're talking about him. Uh, would you call this Deuce Bigelow? Freak. Behemoth, <coughs> that's a huge bitch. Why does Seabot have a Deuce Bigelow clip just waiting for you? Uh, actually, I 
I forgot that he had pulled one because they actually had audio from the first time. If you were, you remember last week, they said that Bigfoot and these creatures would look in the window. We actually have audio from the family. Freak! Holy shit, he's Bigfoot! Hey, keep it in the circus! That's a huge bitch! <laughs> <laughs> That checks out. So, so Robert Bigelow. Let, I mean, let's just get into it. Uh, he, we told you about him as an eccentric billionaire. He bought the ranch he, in 1996. Like you said, he wanted to science the shit out of it. He, he decided he was going to go there and get to the bottom of this, and, one way or another. And before we get into what he did at Skinwalker, why don't we tell you a little bit more about him and why he even might be interested in this thing? Yeah, you, we told you he's rich. Well, he got his money through him real estate. Yeah, and in fact, he grew up in in the desert. He grew up in Las Vegas. That's the high plains and, and desert, I he, think. Yeah. But you know, he's he's in his seventies now. He he watched Vegas grow up. He watched the mob build mm-hmm. Las Vegas. And one thing he noticed that is that it needed more housing. So throughout yeah. the seventies he took out a ton of loans and used that money to either build or buy various apartment buildings yeah, across Las Vegas. Very smart. Instead of being the guy that's gonna go, I'm gonna build a casino, I'm gonna build apartments for those workers who are gonna work in that casino. Right, right. Uh, or or the people that are well, going to flood here because of the casino I'm glad dollars. You br- I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, the apartments are kind of more permanent structures yeah. where he really ma- went from just a, a rich guy to an mm-hmm. uber rich guy was when he saw a bigger need. And that was short-term housing. He knew that people would come in and gamble their money away and that they needed just somewhere to stay that was more than a night or two because true gamblers like to go there for weeks yeah. on end. Mm-hmm. Also, all of those workers building those casinos and then the next round of casinos, yep. so on and so forth, they needed temporary housing because they were brought they weren't all inherently living in Las Vegas right. either. Right. And so everybody needed this temporary housing. Enter him. Yeah, he comes up with one of the greatest, classiest names known. Back in eighty eight he founded Budget Suites of America. Budget Suites of America. <laughs> and it was extended stay hotels, but the big difference is they he called it budget for a reason. They went about making them cheap. Rather than making them luxurious yeah. for yeah. like a business traveler. Here's somewhere that you're going to stay for a week because it's cheap. They rent them out by the week. It's got a little kitchenette, things like that. Right. Fast forward today, boom, he's a billionaire. Yep. And you know, that's pretty much it. You know, now he's, one, two, skip a few, but yeah, he got there. And he, and he sa- has said numerous times that the only reason he set out to make money in real estate was so he could eventually fund endeavors into space. Yeah. So he had, like, much like Musk says, he had a vision and you don't get from point A to point B if point B space by immediately trying for space. You make money somehow and you build your way up. And right. I mean, that's the dream of a lot of people. I, we brought up, you know, Musk and Branson, these people that really want to privatize space travel in one way or another. And that is, I think, very soon, maybe even our lives. Is really the future, and then we can say whether the uh, planet is is uh, <laughs> flat or not. <laughs> you know, on a on a space cruise. Well, uh, speaking of the world of the weird, uh, he he took his first step into the world of the weird. Some people believe just so he could garner technology from aliens to help build his spacecraft. But no matter what the reason, in 1995 he created the. We mentioned this briefly in last episode. The National Institute for Discovery Science, NIDS. also known as NIDS, NIDS. and. Yeah. Uh, um, it was initially set up to research and advance serious study. Serious. I mean, yeah. like he wanted to take it seriously of fringe science. Nothing wrong with that. Beliefs, and I believe that there's paranormal of, topics yeah. and, 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 of course, ufology. And it's one of those things that a lot of people wouldn't give money to. And so these universities and things like that, they not only will shy away from 
people that go into it kind of get blacklisted. Yeah, they poo-poo it. And so here's someone who's going, you know what, I'm going to put real money into this because these things, whether you like them or not, are really happening. They're really there, these fringe sciences. So let's actually give them the credence that they deserve. And I have- It's almost as if you've been doing too much science. <laughs> too much science. Is that possible? <laughs> not in Robert Bigelow's not, not his, mind. No, yeah. not at all. So uh, a few other highlights about Bigelow before we get into Skinwalker. Yep. He founded Bigelow Aerospace, which is is really what uh, yeah. he set out as his life's work in 1998. Yeah, the year of our Lord, 1998. Their primary purpose is the development and man- manufacture of expandable space station modules. Yeah, so they can put up into orbit and you think of low budget housing that's exactly <laughs> he, right he knows what he's good at he, he, figured, he knows what it's he's a model and, yeah. and uh, in fact one of an uh an inflatable module of his of bigelow's is connected to the international space station right Absolutely. now so what he's doing is he knows that with the influx of space force there's going to be all these new jobs created so they're going to need places to stay in space Temporary housing. Yeah. There's going to be all these workers building all these Space Force bases. They're going to need places. And then you're going to gamble in space. Space casinos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure as soon as we get in space, we're going to find the indigenous people and take over their space you know, and put them in a space reservation. He's going to put up the housing. I mean, it just makes sense. Uh, Mark Houston. <sighs> Looks like I just hit blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, outside of that, um, in 2013, he invested 250 million in the company, and Bigelow has indicated that he plans to spend up to 500 million. To That's ve- half of his yeah, net worth to develop uh, the first commercial space station. The amount that NASA expended on a single space shuttle mission. He thinks he can do that privately. That much more efficient. Well, I mean, when you've been when you've been building temporary housing for that long, you you know how to take shortcuts. He intends to create modular sets of space habitats for creating or expanding space stations. Like you said, one's already up there, but they, they interlock, they expand things that also they've talked about. Like you go to, to Mars and you, you you can set these things up and expand out your habitat as you grow. And it's launched two experimental space modules, Genesis one and Genesis two. He has plans for full-scale manned space habitats to be used as orbital hotels for the ungodly rich and research labs, factories, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. His BEAM module, uh, B-E-A-M, was launched to the International Space Station. I was mentioned this before on April 8th, 2016. Uh, guess what? He called up his old buddy Elon and said, hey. You shoot this up there for yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. So the SpaceX cargo resupply mission, shout out to uh, Tech Van Sickle. He was probably involved in that somehow. He was. He, he's the one who programs the hologram uh, for SpaceX. Because yeah, I, to make Sp- it look like it went through yeah, the firmament. Yeah, it looks like it's yeah. real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, in October of 2017, Bigelow announced that he planned to put an inflatable space hotel into orbit by <laughs> no later than 2022. Oh, man. Uh, the plan That's is a part lot of, of helium. The, <laughs> the plan's part of a partnership with United Launch Alliance, and the project is estimated to cost $2.3 billion in total. That's a lot of dimp. That is a lot of dope. Oh, for, yeah. For an inflatable space hotel. I don't even like inflatable bounce houses. <laughs> you got to take your shoes off. The good news is it doesn't matter what you weigh if you're in space, right? Because it's all relative. So no gravity, no problem. 
<laughs> that's there's a, a new slogan for it. No. no gravity, no problem. Because we all know gravity doesn't exist. So Bigelow was reported by the New York Times in December of 2017 to have urged Senator Harry Reid to initiate what became, and we've talked about this a lot, the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, yeah. ATIP. Uh, mm-hmm. The government study, we, we we talked a lot about this in our disclosure programs. Yeah. Our, programs. <laughs> is this yeah. 1972? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, is the Donahue program <laughs> on? <laughs> Hysteria 51 in you. Yeah. No, but uh, we, we talked a lot about it when we talked to Disclosure. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was involved in ATIP. In, in fact, remember when we talked about Luis Elizondo and he was mm-hmm. part of that Pentagon program yep. that was something like $22 million a year? Yep. Uh, a vast majority of that $22 million went to Bigelow yeah. Aerospace. They were they were absolutely being funded by that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And he has said numerous times, up to and including an interview he did in 60 Minutes recently, because he doesn't do any interviews anymore. Yeah. He used to do more. That he is absolutely convinced that aliens exist and that UFOs have visited said Earth. That's a big statement. That is a big statement, especially someone who is working very hand in hand with the government, working hand in hand with other space agencies outside of the government, you know, SpaceX and things like that. And he's going, oh, yeah, and I believe that aliens not only exist, visited here, are maybe visiting here. The interviewer from 60 Minutes. some strings. Yeah, exactly. The interviewer from 60 Minutes said, are you worried about saying that and putting that out there, how it'll be received? And he said, nope. You know what? I've spent more than any other private citizen on exploring outer space, and so uh, they can eat a dick. <laughs> and that's a that's a direct quote. <laughs> oh, yeah. And back in 1996, he bought Skinwalker Ranch. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Bring it back that's home. why we're talking about him. Yeah. Yes. Why would this real estate mogul buy a hotbed of paranormal activity? Uh, did the weirdness continue after the Shermans? That's another question. And... What else are we going to talk about? Well, tune in after the break and find out on more Hysteria 51. I like that for a little teaser. Oh, yeah, the, especially the find out what else we'll talk about. I mean, maybe I'll just, you know, speed into him with my mom. Good idea. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, That's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it, so... It's very high on pronunciation, too, so <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do, and then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years, and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn, and people, millions and millions of users use it because, like you said, it does seep in, and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition, and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use, like, the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient, and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value, and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. 
I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now. Right now, get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. like that like when someone comes in and um there's been a few times in life and someone is just so rude you want to just be like i want to buy this company just to fire you <laughs> you know like, you make a good point you know it, it, it's funny we make fun on this show all the time of crackpots and loons we you know the tinfoil hat wearers not our listeners of course but the <laughs> the the crazy truly crazy ones out there let's be honest what's the difference between robert bigelow and them about a billion dollars. Yeah. That's uh, it. Yeah. He chose poorly. But change that to they and that fits. <laughs> it's, it's exactly right. <laughs> they chose Good poorly. Job, they didn't uh they didn't build uh, temporary housing in yeah. Las Vegas. Exactly. Or inflatable temporary housing in space in the future. I mean there really is the difference between crazy and eccentric is how much money you make. Yeah. It's what's what's that? That's what we always say. We always say the eccentric millionaire, the eccentric billionaire. We don't say the batshit Looney Tunes crazy billionaire. There's there was a different um wise wise prophet that that said crazy insane 
or insane crazy, I say, you say, we all say shady. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That checks out. So before the break, we told you a little bit about Bigelow. We also mentioned that in 95, he created NIDS, the National Institute for Discovery Science. But we we teased right before the break that he also bought Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, he, he threw down $200,000 for 500 uh, or 480, 512, somewhere if around you their believe, acres. If you believe it was 512 acres, that uh-huh. works out to $391 an acre, Do you realize kids. how damn cheap that is? You can, oh my gosh. Especially in the, uh, Brent, in the paranormal re- real estate world. Yeah, uh, right? You know? Right? Uh, in the paranormal real estate world, that is, I mean, that is pennies on the dollar. You know, this bad boy's haunted. I'm going to have to, I mean, we're going to have to get inflation. It's got to be zoned for haunting. Uh, that's going to cost you. It's going to cost you big. <laughs> Word. When I bought that ten-acre pet cemetery, it was at least double that. What you did? What? How did? How did you pay for it? Oh yeah, thanks again for that. They really mean it when they say no spending limit. Why exactly did you want a pet cemetery? Well, if you're trying to dispose of cat corpses, where's the one place they don't look out of place? A Chinese food restaurant. Touche, but also a pet cemetery. You spent seven thousand dollars? <laughs> what the hell, dude? <laughs> And another four thousand dollars on a backhoe, but who's counting? All right, all right, Brent, Brent, calm down. Let's Jesus. Uh, let's let's get back into the story. You can you can return the backhoe later. So, Seabot's uh, <laughs> pet cemetery aside, it's also worth mentioning. Uh, we should talk about this a little bit, Brent. Uh, at this point of the story, the movie Pet Cemetery, the movie Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, Sometimes, John, dead is better. Yeah. And no doesn't isn't the ground really sour anywhere Seabot goes? <laughs> it's only because he pisses everywhere. Well, true, uh, but it's worth mentioning at this part of the story that we're only aware really of the Skinwalker Ranch through a series of articles, none other than George Knapp. Yeah, we talked about him last time, and if you don't remember, he made an appearance in our Bob Lazar episode. He's the Las Vegas reporter that helped Lazar tell the, the Area 51 story. He's the one who came out there and actually saw the, the ship that that Bob said, "Oh, it's going to take off," and he occasionally hosts. Coast to Coast AM, which is the one of the most famous and listened to uh, AM talk shows ever. And anyway, right. it, it is all over. Not available in Chicago. How crazy is that? We cannot. It's, yeah, it's to bizarre it. that you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 96, Knapp wrote the initial series of stories for um, Desert News about Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. He went on to write even more about it when he co-authored uh, the book Hunt for Skinwalker. Hunt for Skinwalker. It's That's, yeah. Considered yeah. by a lot of folks to be the preeminent book on the ranch. In other words. Sadly, mm-hmm. there are, or, or happily, there are a lot of books there on There are lots this. of books yeah. on it, yeah. But in other words, Knapp's fingerprints are all over this bad yeah, boy. I mean, yeah. we wouldn't have the lore, the legend of Skinwalker Ranch without George Knapp. That's yeah. just truth. And that's yeah. not a judgment. That's just a truth. Yeah. And, and for him to be able to talk as much as he did, he had to have uh, at least some, some, you know, some meat to it. And that meat comes from this NIDS investigation, thanks to Bigelow, because they did a lot of investigating and he bought the damn thing. Well, I'm glad you, you, it's almost like you knew what we needed to transition almost. into. Almost. We fast forward to 96 when Bigelow bought Skinwalker. He already has NIDS. Which, unfortunately, there's no cure for. (laughs) So you've got this guy that bought Skinwalker Ranch, and he just happens to own a paranormal research foundation. Oh, is this this is haunted and thing? I didn't know that. (laughs) Uh, So he wasted no time and deployed NIDS to the scene. Uh, And in founding NIDS, he pulled together a pretty high caliber staff, including... 
Colonel John Alexander. Yeah, yeah Google this guy. Uh, he's on a lot of websites and videos talking about Skinwalker Ranch and other things. Right. Uh, he was a NATO advisor, and he also headed the non-lethal weapons testing department at Los Alamos. Hmm. They only know that it's non-lethal because the cattle stopped dying. We were going for the soft organs, yeah, the more, soft organs, more on him. Uh, also, after the Shermans moved out of the ranch, Bigelow actually asked Terry Sherman to stay on as a consultant, which he did for a short time. That's a hell of a, a thing, you know. Oh, so you're going to buy this for me, though. They made jack crap off of it, but you'll also get a consulting job. I wonder what he got paid for that. You know, um, I wonder if he made his a money. couple a couple Miller lights. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, you wonder if he made his money that way off of it. You know, instead of selling, I don't know. No, you're right. You're right because obviously he probably isn't interested in spending a ton of more time out right. on the ranch. Perhaps that was just a generous thing that well, he that he was doing. But spending spending time is exactly what Nids did. They spent eight years researching and investigating everything they could on the ranch grounds in one way or another. And moving the team to the Skinwalker Ranch when they did, Nids quickly built an observation post. They strung the property with video cameras and hired researchers to observe it 24 hours a day, turning the entire place into kind of like a scientific research facility. Though, it's funny. I When I first read this whole story and I read about Nids, I pictured them erecting like three large, almost airport hangar type buildings yeah. and people walking around in biohazard suits and, and sciencing the shit out of it. Like, you know, holding up vials and, and test tubes. And, you know, that's that's what I envisioned. It was a lot more like. A couple dudes in a shanty watching yeah. a bunch of video monitors. Hey, we got a deal on Kwanzaa huts. Let's throw one up over here. And yeah, 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 yeah. You got these guys looking at it 24 hours a day, and they chronicled multiple bizarre events. These scientifically at least minded people, including otherworldly animals. There were and yeah, that's there an was, interesting term that they used. There was a lot. They will tell you a lot of events happened over the course of the eight years. Now they didn't happen. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Uh, you know, eight years is a long time. So if, if let's just use a random number, if, if 10 things happened, yeah. that's a little bit more than one a year. Right. But at least they're there researching it. So we talked to you about Colonel John Alexander. Well, he's a member of this team. He, he spent some time at the ranch. And here's actually a recording we're going to have played for you. It comes from one of our favorites, Alejandro Rojas of Open Minds TV. Now, if you remember, if you listen back to our disclosure episode, Alejandro actually did a clip for us. Gave us Huge his thoughts. Huge fan yeah. of the show. It's a great show. He sat down with Alexander, and uh, here's a little piece of that. Well, the one that I mentioned that I thought we have the most physical evidence for is one in which we had, again, multiple cameras, and you have cameras facing out, and if this is camera one, and it can see camera two, and then there's three and four over there. But at a certain point, the tape stops. Uh, the cameras were on top of platforms. Uh, they went up, they had PVC and connectors holding them in near the ground, and into the, so it went in underground, back to the place where the recorders were. There was a huge amount of duct tape holding the wires on the way up. And we know at some point the wires were jerked loose and the camera stops recording. Um, and the all of the duct tape on that post is gone. Not cut or down. It is gone. The PVC clamps are gone. The PVC post is just pulled back. 
there's a chunk cut out of the wire for about three feet that's just missing. Now, at the time that this occurred, we believe it occurred, the cattle just happened to be around that pole at that time. And yet, when you look at the camera, the steering at them, they don't move. We looked at, could you sneak up behind the, you know, the one pole out of camera range? The answer is really no. But more importantly, any time a person got close to the cattle, they'd scatter anyway. And you see absolutely no reaction from them whatsoever. And yet, we absolutely know that this extensive damage took place. And, you know, for each frame, when we're doing uh, frames at the second and the third between frame con running continuously. So, you know, to do all that in the second and the third is um, quite remarkable. You have real physical damage that was done. You know exactly when it was done. You have no idea how it could be done. And we looked at... You know, there, it came up with no theoretical probabilities of a way to accomplish that. Not only that, I mean, that is physically something happened that they didn't see. Another thing that they seem to be plagued with, which could go back to something that we talked about the last episode, is technology doesn't work there real well. You know, we talked about there's magnetism and there's weird things that go on. Cameras would not work. Batteries would drain. And that's something that they also talk a lot about with, like, paranormal places. Like, they go and they want to do recordings and stuff, and all of a sudden, they don't have any batteries. They, You know, they're drained. They had a lot of interference with electronics and stuff like that in this area that they, they said really, really did happen. The supposition of many people involved with Skinwalker Ranch was that I think um, John Alexander referred to it as a precognitive intelligence mm -hmm. precognitive sentience and so it, this this force that was somehow aware was able to keep what it was doing on the periphery of anything that we could sense with machines or with our own human eyes ears etc so it if you're having problem following along with what we're saying remember the frog and looney tunes that would only sing when no one was watching but the guy who owned it. And then everyone looked at it, and it was just a dead frog. And then when everyone turned away and he was by himself, Hello, Hello my, my baby! Hello, Hello my honey! Hello, my ragtime gal! Exactly <laughs> what was going on. That is exactly how things happened at the ranch. If that is true, that has to be incredibly frustrating. It's, they said everything seemed to be under intelligent control. Right. And, and they, they, some of the explanations that the more science-based folks try to bring into it is, I guess we, we call it speculative science mm -hmm. or um, another way to say it is theoretical physics. We, we don't know. You know, it's theoretical. It's in yeah. theory. It's not – You're coming to terms with, you know, with the best of your ability and the information. This is what should be the reasoning. And until we get further, we won't know for sure. But a lot of these theoretical physics, as, as time goes by, we're, we're proving a lot of it. So eh, maybe – so we mentioned the book Hunt for Skinwalker. Here's a quote from that book. Now, real quick thing. Remember in the book, they called him the Gorman family instead of the Sherman family. So that's just a distinction here that's still the Sherman. Right. After several years of Gorman family trauma and of focused NIDS investigation, we managed to obtain very little physical evidence that could be considered as conclusive proof of anything. This was in spite of hundreds of days of human monitoring and several years of camera surveillance. The book, by the way, we, we didn't mention this before, the book Hunt for Skinwalker was co-authored by two people. Mm -hmm. uh, the first obviously being George Knapp, mm -hmm. the other being the person who headed NIDS for Skinwalker Ranch. His name is Colm Kelleher, PhD. That's right. 
And don't forget the PhD. Play a hater's degree. Hey, now. The, the point being that they, they used the first person we didn't – because he was the head scientist. Yeah. And then George Knapp, who is the only yeah. reporter that to this day is still allowed on Skinwalker Ranch. They had a lot of issues. And here's actually a clip from John Alexander, who John is, was speaking about, again, on how NIDS fared there. I, did we learn anything? Absolutely. And I, I think what we learned was that the events were certainly real and tangible and definitely occurring. These weren't figments of somebody's imagination or folklore or any of these sorts of things. Uh, but as for the etiology, nope. Like Colin, we remain mystified. We ain't found shit! Oh, well, not, not exactly, but pretty damn close. They did come to one conclusion about the black triangles in the area. It wasn't just Skinwalker Ranch, yeah. but in the area. They said in their final findings that the type of objects spotted flying over Utah and elsewhere were not consistent with covert American military aircraft. Furthermore, quote, neither the agenda nor the origin of the flying triangles are currently known. So uh, it, it's I mean, a UFO. It's a non-answer, every, it's, but it's but they're what saying they're, they are UFOs in every sense. It's an unidentified flying object that doesn't fit in with conventional known military aircraft. In other words, we don't believe that this is one of those uh, stealth bomber uh, viewings or anything yeah. like that. We think it is something deeper. It's so crazy that so many of these sightings are these swept back triangle delta wing, whatever you want to call it, all over the place. And it used to be saucer shaped. Now it's triangle shaped. And it's starting to become cigar-shaped, which is another sighting that they had over the area. They saw also cigar-shaped things. And but couldn't cigar-shaped just be a saucer shape from the be, side? Or a long way away. Yes, but it would have to be very massive, they say. You know, it's 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 crazy. And they couldn't do this forever, especially with the, the lack of... Of know, results. results. So they, in 04, NIDS, it shuts down there, yeah. Well, which is not terribly surprising with, you know, a private financier. I mean, eight years of salaries is a lot. Yeah, and, and, they, and, and that's, that's impressive that he did it. And he gave them eight years and they couldn't really provide any explanations for the paranormal activity. So he goes, you know what, we're going to cut this. And, I, you know, when we were researching this thing, I expected to be able to Google and, and find some huge report detailing all of like the final analysis of NIDS, mm -hmm. you know, with here are the pictures, here's our analysis of it. You know, we've come to this conclusion. I couldn't find anything like that. I, which I, again, we mentioned, we mentioned that it's private. Mm -hmm. So there could have been that kind of report and, and there's just, also could have they been, didn't release it or the military made them sign a, you know, maybe there's a non-disclosure or they could have just said, you know, we're not going to put together that kind of report because mm -hmm. we don't have anything to report. Right. There's been weird incidents that we can't repeat and we don't have video of. And like you said, so that's an 04. Then he gets into the Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. And, you know, yeah, he out goes NIDS because he's got bigger fish to fry. He was interested in continuing to investigate UFOs. Yeah. He wasn't interested in, in basically the rest of it. So Dog Bass, yeah. as yeah. we talked about before, replaced NIDS, which also conveniently ends everything that's going on at Skinwalker. And not only does that come to a close, his tenure of owning it comes to a close because Bigelow actually sells the ranch. We talked about this also in 2016, and now it's with a holding company, Adamantium. Yeah, <laughs> real yep. estate, and we, which we and talked we will, about. Yeah, we we'll talk a little bit more about later on in this episode. <sighs> um, it, yeah, why Nids failed, man? You know what though? Did it? Here's the thing: they had these reports from people. He took them seriously. They went in there, tried to find evidence, and not only could they not find evidence, other than a couple 
instances, they didn't really even experience too many things. Now, depending on what site you go to, that is drastically increased or decreased as far as what they want to say. But the fact of the matter is, they gave it a lot more credence than most people ever would. And unfortunately, it came out with nothing. I They failed their, their primary mission, which was to analyze it scientifically mm-hmm. and utilize the scientific method. Yeah. They could not do that because in the scientific method, things have to be repeatable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they, it couldn't, it did not happen. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they couldn't even get readings on the things that did happen. And that's how frustrating they're like, this thing is literally untaped and we can't even film it ha- happening. Right. Or when things did happen, like I said, you know, the electronics didn't work and they couldn't really even explain that other than the weird magnetisms and things like that. So and it's an odd place. The scientific minds that were there do claim to have seen weird, weird stuff um, mm-hmm. from, uh, as you mentioned, otherworldly animals to portals. They also mm-hmm. saw uh, specifically a portal on the ground where they thought a creature came out of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, as you said, uh, we call those holes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, smoking a cigarette. Uh-huh. Break time. <laughs> Sorry. Got to take a piss. It was not a wolfman. It was a, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so they referred to those as dogmen that time, not wolfmen. Oh, they my, were, my bad. They were cigarette smoking dogmen. So how do we d- determine the difference between a dogman and a wolfman? Well, I use. If you can rub one behind the ear. Yeah, exactly. You that, know. That's, it's a, they call that the dog wolf test. Maybe it was like a corgi person. You know, it's definitely not a wolf. No one's going to look at a corgi and go, yep. Somehow, though, they came from a wolf. They call you know? that the the dog wolf test, also referred to as are you missing a hand test? Yes. Mine's that's missing is Lisa, <laughs> but but it was adorable. Turns out <laughs> turns out it was a wolf. Who knew? Yep. I'm missing a hand now. Yep. <laughs> that's not the end of the story though. We're we're gonna try to put a bow on this monstrosity for you right after we go to break, because we gotta we're gonna go smoke a cigarette outside with our dog buddies. So <laughs> we're gonna return with more on Hysteria fifty one. <laughs> Do you think they smoke menthols or regular? Oh, I mean, non-filtered, definitely. (laughs) Cowboy killers. Yes. Was it raining out there? You smell like wet dog. Who'd have thought? (laughs) Who'd have thought? All right. Listen, kids, before we get to kind of the finish line of this story, there there is one thing worth mentioning. We've uh, we've talked a little bit about it before, but the NIDS administrator, Colm Kelleher, he's also the co-author of Hunt for the Skinwalker with George Knapp. Kelleher and Knapp are primarily the single biggest source of information on what has transpired at the ranch. Mm -hmm. There have been other people that have come along, but those are like, if they're the parents, those are like the grandkids, you know, that are, that are kind of piggybacking off of the story. And that's an important thing to to distinguish. It it is because it's not like with, we did the Phoenix Lights episode with David Flora. It's not like there where there were literally hundreds, if not thousands of reports Mm -hmm. from all types of different people. And flying celebrities. Yes. And flying celebrities. Thank you, Snake Plissken. Yes. Yes. The primary source of information here. Are the Shermans vis-a-vis these two authors, and one of which was also the head scientist at NIDS? Yeah. So if they, they, they are very much controlling this narrative, I am. I, I, that you took the words I, out of I'm my sorry. mouth. If they <laughs> wanted to control this narrative, we don't know that they are. Right. But if they wanted to control this narrative, they certainly could. And it's just worth pointing that out because whether you listen to this podcast or another one or read, all of this information is kind of single sourced. Yeah. It's all a derivative thereof. Yeah. Or third party off of their source. Right. So, you know, exactly. that's something you got to even think about too is that's how these things blossom. And, and, and that's not unusual with no, stories no. because a lot of times only certain people 
witness things. We're not. I'm not implying here. We'll get to our thoughts later. Yeah. I'm not implying here that there's anything untoward going on. Only just pointing out the fact that it's not like there are tons of sources for this info. Right. That brings us to present day. Right now, what's going on? So right. as we mentioned, our lovable billionaire he sold Skinwalker Ranch for a rumored 4.5 million to an undisclosed buyer who now operates under the corporation Adamantium Holdings. He said unlimited spend. You don't think Seabot? Your credit card couldn't do that, could <laughs> no, it? I think I'd get a call on that one. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. So afterwards, a public road that had gone through the property was closed. So no longer can you go through the. It's now guarded. All access to the road leading to the ranch has become closed to the public. And a checkpoint has also been put up or erected as well with a large warning sign telling the public to not approach the gate. The guards have even changed their weaponry. They used to just have pistols and mace. They now have rifles. Oh, oh, the kind that you would use to shoot chunks off of large dogs. Yeah, it's bizarre. How, mm-hmm. It's a very specific ask. It's a th- <laughs> and as to who, and we we talked about this, as to who this adamantium holdings is, we don't know. But when you don't know something, what do you do? You, you go, go to the internet message board. That's right. I mean, that's, uh, let's read you this post. This is from AboveTopSecret.com. Yeah, which is a great site. If you guys don't go to AboveTopSecret.com, you really should. It is a lot of fun. It's a, it's a fun site. It is. And and there's some good information. There's some good right. nuggets hidden in there. So this was allegedly written by a person who might or might not be real by the name of Thomas Winterton, an alleged representative of Adamantium Holdings. The post says, in past posts, I have been tagged and asked to clarify or add insight to the conversation. For the past two years, I have refrained. The time has come that I would like to clarify a few things I have read on this page. This will most likely be the only thing I post on here. Right, right. Because if you are a reclusive buyer of something like Skinwalker Ranch, you're going to make sure that your representatives respond to message boards. Right, exactly. So he goes on to say, first, good job, Ryan Skinner, on keeping this page intriguing and also using what seems to be good judgment on moderating the discussion. I have followed this page since being hired as a consultant and representative at Amantium Real Estate Holdings over two years ago. It has been interesting and very amusing to read the posts on this page in regards to who the new owner is. As I am under an NDA, I am very limited in what I can say, but in light of several of the past posts, I will set the record straight. First and obvious, that's two firsts that he starts paragraphs out. He's already lost me. First and obvious, <laughs> the new owner, and then parenthesis S, the owner or owners, because he's you know, NDA. He's covering his trail. Mm-hmm. Does not want to be identified. The new owners is or are very successful and intelligent. He, she, they have gone to great lengths and expense to keep their identities private. Up been- to and including having your person use multiple pronouns right. in their internet message yes, board posts. Yes. There have been many layers added and precautions taken to ensure privacy. Because no public dollars have been used in purchasing or maintaining the ranch, it really is none of the public's business who owns it. I understand the curiosity, but that does not supersede a private entity's right to remain private. Though, that's weird because we have to file those types of things with the court, and I have to let people know where I live, but then some people that have more money, I guess, don't have to. But That's yeah. that's why you have a holdings company. That's right. The owner, or ers, whatever you want to call it, has or have set up Adamantium, hired a law firm to manage it, hired a real estate management company to oversee it, and have done everything through third-party contractors. Even the manager of the ranch was chosen and hired by the real estate management company. When I submit an invoice for my consulting, I submit it to the real estate management company. When we have had contractors on the ranch, they are paid through the real estate management company or the owner of the real estate management company. Good luck finding the owner or owners because anyone 
who knows the true identity of the owner or owners are under a strict NDA. And even if we weren't under the NDA, we wouldn't risk our access to the ranch and our place in the inner circle for a few moments of glory on a page with people who we have never met. Doesn't that kind of sound like angry internet guy? This is complete bullshit. I, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to he, he keeps going. If asked, many associates with these protective layers would claim they are the owner simply to throw off the hunt and protect the identity of the owner or owners. I can tell you for sure that Jeremy Corbell did not travel on the owner's private jet to the ranch. I will end by saying that many hired to perform functions within the ranch started off doing simply as a job. Over the past two years, the fascination and level of involvement by those associated with the ranch has grown. And now many of those hired to do a job have become very involved in the ranch, which sounds like a job. Do not mistake their involvement as a sign of ownership or you will chase a rabbit hole that gets you nowhere. The, Horse shit. The, uh, he mentioned Jeremy Corbell. Jeremy Corbell recently did documentary style movie on Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, he also has a fantastic uh, champagne. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> God. The owner is not Corbell. He dares the Internet to come after him. And yeah. I I just think that people that are in these positions don't do that. Well, and guess what? When people are in these positions, too, uh, they usually don't do what they did in 2017, which is file a trademark for the name Skinwalker Ranch through Justia Trademarks. Uh, and said trademark was issued in 2018. So Skinwalker has been trademarked, pro- likely by the whomever the new owner is. We just don't think that new owner was on AboveTopSecret.com. Yeah. Guess who was on Above Top Secret? Some dude going... <laughs> <laughs> typing that out you know but it uh, the new owner is a part of adamantium holdings which might or might not be that website we talked about yeah, that's all we could find it just looks like a weird like here's a really nice you can't link to anything when you go to real estate it has pictures of real estate that you can't click on right when you go to I mean, luxury it's yachts it is a picture of a luxury yacht that you can't click on it's a classic uh holding company website like wh- what we're holding is drug money right <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> that's what have, we're holding the luxury yachts have very large storage underneath you know and, and wouldn't like it that. be hilarious if the if it was right under our nose the whole time the owner of adamantium holdings is none other than hugh jackman yeah, like it's so on the nose that it's just like yeah he like didn't even try to cover it up because if you if you don't try to cover it up no one will believe it and finally he figured out he's a like, crikey because he's australian and they all say crikey <laughs> i don't know if you know that or that's not. racist is it? Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. They don't even exist. Oh, that's true. They don't. I was having I was having lunch with a couple. No, breakfast with a couple. Like it matters to dear listener. <laughs> I was having breakfast with a couple Australians a few weeks ago, and we were making fun of America. Then we were making fun of Australia. I I, I don't remember. Tell you what, you don't want to make fun of Paul Hogan. Well, that's exactly. What I said because uh, they take that shit Yahoo serious. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Brent stealing my thunder from down under. Um, <laughs> So we uh, we were talking, and I said, uh, yeah, the only thing I knew about Australians was, that's not a knife. This yeah. is a knife. And and the guy turns to me deadpan and goes, that's racist. <laughs> he, was, he was completely kidding. I don't uh, know. But, then he stabbed me. <laughs> with a fork. It was yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, don't do that in the company of an Australian. <laughs> Australian listeners, chime in Facebook.com slash groups slash Hysteria Nation. There you go. So John, it's time. I want to hear some of your thoughts. I, I want to. I want to hear you talk about what you think. There's a lot of. There's a lot of stuff to talk I want to throw here. out here. When we talk through it, I want to hear at least these two things. Do you believe the paranormal stories that that came from the Shermans? And do you believe that 
the government was involved in any way and what do you what what, what are your thoughts on the whole thing like where where are you where are you sitting oh man okay so let's let's start with the sherman stories mm-hmm. the they oh man okay so i think a few things are in play I don't necessarily think the Shermans are 100% hoaxing it. I also don't think... They don't feel like the, the, the family from Amityville. Yeah, the family didn't feel... I, I Who knows? I mean, people can seem genuine that aren't. But I also, though, don't think that literally all of the stories that we told and some that we didn't were all... They make them out to be these huge, crazy events. And I think that sometimes that that can be... Um, expanded in your mind especially if you yeah. are in the middle of the desert uh with no one else around it's pitch black at night and you see and you let your mind wander away with you and so i think that maybe they they kind of construed certain things that happened and made them fit the narrative for instance that we talked about the wolf they shot like maybe they missed one with one of the bullets and the other one they hit them and just a piece of fur flew off like i it turns into this huge paranormal story I think it is more than just made up, but less than what it's made out to be. I get that. I tend to agree with you. Things happen. Things get blown out of proportion in a lot of ways in in people's minds. But it does seem that things happen. And you did have these scientists that were paid to go in there that looked at things that did say, yeah, I can't really explain things. We also can't not explain. We don't have the technology or, or things didn't work. Something probably was going on there. Maybe it has all to do because of magnetism or it's anomaly. You know, it's one of those weird places on Earth that David Glidden and talked about ley lines and all these things that go through there that can cause, you know, the spook lights and the orbs and things like that. It's a weird thing. But then you got all these cryptids and monsters and things. Well, you know how I'm completely just going uh, making stuff up. But, you know, you know how when you are around power lines and things like that or high tension you know electrical stuff that'll make you see things so they will tell you like a lot of times when people are in a haunted house quote-unquote and there's power lines over it it makes you see things and so that is how they explain it maybe that shit going on has something to do with that too that the earth does it i don't know I'm, i'm just i have no idea if that's even ever been explored there i'm just saying maybe that's one of those crazy things with like magnetism and 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 the oddities that happen there i do tend to believe that people want to make a buck off of it but also probably weird things did happen this family like you said felt a lot more genuine than a lot of them like they just like yeah i kind of want to move out of here i don't They didn't even make much money off of it or, you know, when they sold it. Anytime you are taking someone's word for it, there's always inherent doubt. And that's the problem. And not only are we taking the the word of the family, we're taking a big chunk of the word and the doubt from Knapp and Kelleher, who literally wrote the book up. Literally wrote the book. So you kind of delved into the cause of this stuff. You know, is it electromagnetism? Is it some sort of spiritual power from the land because it was cursed? You know, what is... What is the cause of the weirdness? And I'm definitely in your ballpark on uh, on if there is weirdness, you know, how can we kind of explain this thing away? Now, Nids was there for eight years and, and couldn't explain it. Or at least the uh, what they made public wasn't an, an explanation. Yeah. Interesting, though, that is an area where a lot of testing happens and you know you're you're on the border of there's some weird stuff that happens in Colorado you're on the border of Colorado right there is it possible that it's just a, a, a combination of things from you might have seen a delta wing 
on one night. You mm-hmm. then also have some some it sort of weird is thing the kind happening. Of place that you think they would be flying though. Yeah, you know, and, because... and and you combine that with something happening with the magnetism, and then mm-hmm. you combine that with just maybe a little paranoia too. But, uh, uh, and the, the other thing that is possible, you you asked about the government. There's always the possibility of the whole disinformation campaign. Did they get targeted to? Just a, a clandestine group of of like CIA agents are sitting right. there going, "All right, now we're going to make it look like a portal so popping this is, up." This is something I was I was going to say too. Like the funny thing is that everyone involved in this kept saying that they felt like there was an intelligence behind the things that caused it. Almost like it feels like. Remember when the CIA was dosing people in MK Ultra? It's almost like they're right behind the mirror. We just can't see it. Watching, and they're like, "All right, push the wolf button." Let's John see. Alexander called the. Uh, called it the trickster the the intelligence the yeah yeah which the is the non-cognitive old, sentience or yeah, whatever the, the, and the trickster is an old like the native americans referred to and stuff like that it's like you know it's think of it as the loki you know the, it's the it's absolutely doing these things and then you know and then the frog quits when other people are looking exactly when you when you want it to and that is an interesting phenomenon that we can't say yes or no because we're not the government we don't know the other thing is scientifically speaking if we really want to delve into something crazy a lot of the thing that uh, that people have brought up is 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 this like another dimension well we believe you know scientifically that there are other dimensions what if this is where they're slapping into one another this is that spot this they is... think they bubbles they, they they always say that they're they're probably bubbles and the bubbles bump into one another and stuff like that maybe like these are just glimpses of things that we're not really interacting with but that's why everything's so weird there because it's it maybe the bonds weaker or, or stronger. This is where the wall there. thins between dimensions yeah, in the middle of nowhere, we Utah. Are, yeah, and we aren't smart enough yet or don't have the technology yet to understand what we're seeing. And this is the the, the reasoning for it. <laughs> if somebody from the future came back, they just give us a pair of glasses, we throw them on, we see a rip in the space-time continuum. Yeah, it, oh. it literally looks like that thing in uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. The the like, oh, okay, I get it. That's, that's where they... Um, and if they... Now, I'll tell you, if the guy who comes from the future to give you glasses is... Rowdy Rowdy Piper, you put them on. Otherwise, he's going to fight you. Yeah. An awesome. You, like you, 10, 15 10 minute fight. Minute fight. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen They Live, the fight scene is just fantastic. And it goes on. Yeah. And all, you're like, okay, it's finally Always over. Like, he's, and all it is like, hey, put these glasses on now. No. Well, try because like it, it's to save your life. Not, won't try it. <laughs> well, better. Such a great movie. You know, better fight you then. Uh, so you, you mentioned scientifically. Yeah. So let's, let's, I think that's kind of the second part of this conversation. Whether we believe or don't believe the events that happened and whether they are some sort of truly paranormal force that that forced them to happen Mm -hmm. and and did not force them to happen. The second part of this is the NIDS investigation. Yeah. The people that were in charge of that. Also, George Knapp, the people that wrote the Mm -hmm. book. Let's forget the Shermans for a second. Let's just keep that separate. No matter what that is and no matter what those events are. Let's talk now about the scientists and the people that write the book. Uh, what are your thoughts on the investigation? Because the the thing that comes out of this that is, is glaring to me, and I won't give my opinion on it yet, uh, is you have, quote unquote, scientists yeah. from NIDS coming out going, yeah, I saw a portal. They're PhDs. You know, they, they, they are educated people. You know, it is really interesting to see these people that go, we couldn't capture it, but shit happened. You know what I mean? And that's a hell of a statement. And it's it's frustrating because inherently you don't believe people a lot of times 
or you do. The problem is there's too many like naysayers and yaysayers and, 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 uh, in the world that just believe or don't believe anything. It's, it, you know, you should have a healthy amount of skepticism and also hopefully hoping for the truth to come out. And I want to believe things. And also you, you inherently don't know to believe. And when a scientist is saying, Hey, I studied this and this is where I'm at. It sounds compelling, but then again, why don't you have an answer? It sounds compelling on the surface. I completely mm. agree. That's why I was so excited about part two, the, the episode that we're in right now, to go look up all of the scientific mm. evidence. But what I found, I was disappointed with. Um, well, I, I found two, two things. The main people that talk about this are twofold from NIDS. One, the, the, the Kelleher, who wrote the book. So vested interest here. Yeah. Second, John, Colonel John Alexander. I, we mentioned earlier Alejandro's show, openminds.tv, his podcast. He did a longer form interview with yeah. Alexander on. And Alexander goes into, uh, not at the behest of Alejandro, uh, on his own goes into how he teaches or used to teach. I'm sorry. Uh, people telekinesis. See, you the lose moment, me. The moment you say that, I'm no longer thinking of you as an objective third-party scientific source or, or an objective military source. I'm thinking of you as part of the – you're on the the world of weird side. So you are inherently – As you're talking, the fan blew the paper. You're talking about <laughs> telekinesis, and all of a sudden the paper starts moving across the table, Ooh. and I'm like – not only is he telekinesis, he's also remote viewing yeah, right now. <laughs> uh, but the, seriously, the, when you when you identify yourself as as somebody from I, I, what I refer to as the world of the weird, mm -hmm. it loses credibility. I want a third party source who had no vested interest going into this thing. And the problem is, you're, he's teaching people telekinesis. Well, guess what? It, it wasn't until very long ago that there was that guy whose name I. It's one. There's a guy going on not long ago. What, if you could prove that you could do telekinesis or anything paranormal, or you could prove anything, he'd give you a million dollars. A million dollars, yeah. Well, guess what? No one's ever come forward, but this guy can do it, and he can teach you too. And well, I, he I, said, I, I, and he even what? said, is there a nominal fee? No, no, no. But <laughs> he said, no, he did it for the. He said he did it for the military. Or something. I, I don't know. But he told Alejandro. Oh, well, now actually, that might be true. He told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just now it might be true. <laughs> he, he told Alejandro, says, so are you good at it? He goes, well, no, I can't really do it. But when I teach others the yeah. steps to doing it uh wow they can do some amazing things so my point is that the two biggest uh proponents of the scientific aspect of this i think have ulterior motives it's funny just going back to something you said isn't it funny how you said when the you immediately don't believe something and then you hear the native americans were involved and you go well maybe i, I okay <laughs> Also, there's no way that this was even possible. The government was funding it. It is absolutely possible. One hundred percent, and it's evil. Like it's so <laughs> damn them to hell. Yeah, you, like you just you you immediately you as in the, the you know the understood you me and and it, so many people just go into the oh okay well then then definitely it's evil and it's way more than we knew about and aliens are involved. You and know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to give a definitive opinion on whether I think all the weirdness actually happened to the Shermans. Okay, the, I. I definitely. The one thing I will say, because I don't know. The one thing I will say is, I believe that they believe, <laughs> as yeah, we say, and, yeah. and I believe that weird stuff happened. But I think is it is it weird stuff that could, with a little bit of distance, be explained. I I don't know, but I the one thing I will say definitively is that I have a really hard time with the uh, those that have jumped on the bandwagon. I have a yeah. hard time with with the folks that led bandwagons more as they see a cash. And I th exactly. And I think some of them were actually taking taking advantage of Bigelow's um, wanting of, to get to the bottom. Yes. Of and desire for it to be true. 
Uh, so while, while I, I, I think there's some weird stuff that happens at Skinwalker Ranch, and I, I think it probably can't be explained mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. I do not think that the level of detail that we've been provided is 100% accurate, and I think that it's because that these people that are telling the stories have ulterior motives. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I'll, I'll go as far as to say, like, you know, it's probably one of those things. It's probably a weird area, and then we found out it was weird, and maybe a long time ago, even, I wouldn't be surprised. The military realized that it's one of those places, and they are exploiting it and they've had a base there since the 1800s you know and they have known for is this an underground base that goes to dolce (laughs) no they literally built a fort there in 1886 so (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah, they literally built a fort there and then they still have you know stuff touche yeah so uh, unfortunately no this was uh and remember the freemason you know the mason was there and then all that stuff so uh it would not surprise me to find out that this was just like the cattle mutilations that happened all over the place and stuff like that. The military are behind some nefarious things. If they'll dump chemicals on, on citizens in, in uh, St. Louis, you know, they'll mutilate a cow and make you think you saw a Bigfoot just to see what will happen. It is one of the greatest mysteries in the scientific world. Damn right. You know, so <laughs> that, I mean, I'm you know, for the most part, we agree on that, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself just going, yeah, and maybe the government had more um, involvement in this. And maybe that's why nothing came out because after nids was going he goes you know what i'm going to start working in aerospace and they go then you're going to stop this you're not going to give any of the information out and you're going to tell your people to shut up about it you're forgetting the most obvious choice here electric sasquatch man i tell you what i am just waiting for them to go on tour i cannot <laughs> wait for well, electric how sasquatch. was Stuart swerdlow involved in this I know, one i know electric sasquatch is such an awesome term i wish i wish i had coined almost I as if there I should wish be I just sat in the chair and created it <laughs> with your mind yeah uh, almost as if there should be a t-shirt for it oh yeah. there is oh there is where you find that t-shirt john tpublic.com public. and if you want that t-shirt for yourself just go to our website, hysteria51.com, and there is a link under shop for our Teach Public site. Or just go to the description of this episode. There you go. Our link is there as well. You can buy all of our T-shirts. You can buy it on a phone case, whatever you want. Everything branded Hysteria 51 is in our T Public store. That's right. And you can also go to Facebook at Facebook.com slash group slash Hysteria Nation. Right at the top, there's announcements. And we got a link right in there to our T Public page. So you can get all your awesome swag and be the best dress member of your cult. And I think that is what we all need to strive to be. I agree. You know, and don't forget. While you're hopping on Hysteria Nation, jump on there and tell us your thoughts. What do you think really was happening out here at this ranch? Is is it the government? Is it actually aliens? Is it another dimension? I mean, we kind of we, we touched on a little bit of everything, even, you know, snake monsters and USOs. I mean, this had poltergeist. We didn't even get into those as much and 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 shadow people and the the disembodied voices that would talk do- smoking dog men on taking a break. And speaking of dogs, don't forget dog goo. that's right and don't forget you can give a shout out on twitter at hysteria 51 pod you can find extra episodes bonus content get yourself a t-shirt get yourself all sorts of swag patreon.com slash hysteria 51 for one dollar every week extra content sometimes 
multiple pieces of extra content. For as little as $1 a month, you can feed Brent a Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> you can help me get back uh, the money that I guess I just spent on a pet cemetery. Good luck, loser. <laughs> so that would be helping greatly. That'd be helping everybody And involved. I probably spend about that $7,000 a month on Diet Mountain Dew. So yeah, it's also kind of a true. Also true. Uh, and then don't forget, you can hear yourself on the show. Leave us a voicemail, 773-669-7277. 773-669-7277. And John, we're not going to play any because we don't have time we've got a lot a lot like someone uh really listened and said i'm gonna start calling because i've just we've gotten inundated so we got a lot to play but these are longer episodes next episode tune in we yeah, will play yeah. your voice it might just be the voicemail hour i don't know we're gonna see i don't know how many and uh or how long they are also don't forget leave us a five-star review if you want to hop on itunes leave us a review you can't do it on the new google app yet but hopefully they're gonna add that soon five-star rating uh is required uh however you <laughs> well can we write, prefer it write whatever you want in the That's review right. i got my first uh negative pointed at me review this week it was a two-star and uh, I wear it as a badge of honor. I like it. I just want to know one thing. Mm-hmm. How did it take 101 episodes for that to happen? Dude, I'm telling you, it's, uh, you know, they know quality. They know who the real star is. And finally, someone. Oh, thank like, you. Know you, what? you gonna, know, that is kind I'm of you to say. I'm going to knock it down a peg because obviously is, John probably yeah, because kills. John, you know. you know, I haven't received any of those negative reviews. Uh, that's right. So you're right. They uh-huh. did recognize uh-huh. the true talent on this show. That's right. Screw you, dicks. I'm the only talent on this show. Well, Screw you guys. I'm going home. You are the, he lives here. You're so, the only yeah. robot on this show. I'll give you that. The number one baby. And uh, speaking of conspiracy about something we've kind of glossed over, you know, we hit 100 episodes and Joe Peck hasn't been on because Joe Peck's been out of the way. With, with some uh, stomach issues. He's a little bitch. Are you guys hanging out? My legal counsel has advised me not to talk on such matters. <laughs> that is probably a horse shit because he doesn't know a lawyer. I built one. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> Meet lawyer bot. Hi, I'm lawyer bot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right. Hi, I'm lawyer bot. Objection. Yeah. <laughs> Sustained. Overruled. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nation, with that said, I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot and Lawyer Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.